right, good morning. Today is January 5, 2022, the new year. I hope everyone had a peaceful or quiet or satisfying New Year's holiday. And um, this is a continuation of uh, the last uh, you know, few months. I've been talking a lot about tribulation, end times, this lead up to harvest and dimensional shift, the um, quickening, the intensification of catalyst, uh, apocalypse, Armageddon, uh, the pressuring of Clipsis, um, tribulation. And this will continue that um, series, non-series uh, discussion of multiple topics. I was talking with my friend Joel Weddington, author of the book uh, A Very Human Mission, very uh, long-term friend, and talking about the book of Revelation recently, The Seven Seals, and um, some particular interpretation of the current time, and in relation to seven seals and seven trumpets, and... Uh, from the view that he was presenting, and I'll give links to Joel's book, A Very Human Mission, about a wanderer coming to Earth and doing a mission. Very, very fine book. Um, talking about, from a particular eschatological approach to Book of Revelation, that now we're at the time of the fifth seal, not yet the sixth seal. And the sixth seal opens according to this view, and I'm not a scholar on... Christian eschatology or seven seals philosophy. There are many interpretations. There are, in fact, multiple uh, interpretive lines, meaning um, within the church, outside the church, over the last 2,000 years, there have been several major lines by which the book of Revelation is interpreted. And that's interesting, and I'm not familiar with that, so I'm learning along the way, too. But from this line of interpretation, which um, I'm not sure which category it would fall into, but it's a particular uh, church that, that has this view. Uh, the, fifth, the sixth of the seven seals opens in the five-month reign of Satan. Now that sounds like the New World Order or the Mark of the Beast and the chip and all that. Um... And I said to him, well, so that since, since they're, they're in their view, uh, that hasn't yet happened. And that's just a five-month reign of Satan, different than a seven years of tribulation, right? So there are different views here. Um, at, that, at the outset of that five-month reign of Satan, whatever that may be, um, in real terms, or if that may be, um, at, the, at the outset, the sixth seal opens. Before that time, the fifth seal is opened, and that might be now. And my first thought was, oh, the seven seals are akin to the seven chakras, and the seven trumpets are akin to the seven rays. And so the Logos blows the, blows the trumpets or activates the rays, and for the individual, that associates with activation or uh, some kind of process of the seven seals, seven chakras. Okay, so then if we are in the time of the fifth seal, then uh, fifth chakra if we make, you know, using this line of interpretation, fifth chakra correlates to fifth seal. Seals, chakras, trumpets, rays. So, okay. So, 
what's fifth chakra? Well, it's discernment. And so the title that uh, I'm working from today is Discernment, Balance, and the Fifth Seal. And uh, it it is uh, sort of related to my thinking that I presented here a lot in the last few years uh, of the primacy of wisdom discernment. You know, love is not enough because there are a lot of kindly spiritual people who don't see deception. Uh, I think we are familiar with that now. Who are like the three monkeys or the blunk, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, who don't want to see how bad things are. That doesn't mean things are only bad, <laughs> right? So some people will say, "Well, you, you're a pessimist. Don't see. Don't don't focus on that." Well, I'm not uh, only focusing on that, but I think proper focus needs to be given on what's important and uh, the human negativity and deception and what looks like a tyranny uh, moving around. You know, like everywhere in the world being about the same, but some places better and worse, as Matt Smith of Uruguay said. Related today to Doug Casey, yes, I think that's true. <clears throat> everywhere is the same, but some places, everywhere it's the same agenda, but some places better and worse, yes. That looks like, you know, severe encroachment of the freedom and well-being of the individual globally here now in what seems to be tribulation end times. Uh, how to um, stay in balance or return to balance? We can't always be in balance, but we can seek balance. Well, the, well, love's not enough because uh, love is not of discerning. It's yes. It's um, non-control, unconditionally accepting. Well, one should not rightly, simply, unconditionally accept all that is uncritically. Uh, there are certain things that we can change. We should make some effort to change if we want. There's certain phenomena, dynamics we cannot change, we should know that we cannot change them. There are certain times we need to meet people with heartful acceptance, and there are other times when we need to meet people with wisdom, truth, um, honest, uh, honest presentation, honest uh, speaking about this or that. So leading with love or leading with wisdom, that takes discernment to know which to lead with in service or in helping or in any situation. Sometimes I should speak, sometimes I should be quiet. If they're speaking, maybe I should be quiet. But at a certain point, it's better for me not to be quiet because uh, I can't stand, you know, I can't, I can't be here for four hours while you're monologuing. So, okay, first I lead with love, then I lead with wisdom. Uh, first I um, am quiet and receptive, and then I have to say something because wisdom reveals discernment that I'm not comfortable and I have other things to do. And I don't know if it's helpful for you, but it's certainly not helpful for me to be uh, accepting uncritically or sitting here for you to monologue indefinitely. This kind of thing, little example. So while love is essential, um, we're not going to make it through this end times period without discernment. And that's where we see, I see a lot of spiritually minded people falling, which is they don't want bitter, they don't want to accept or consider um, bitter, black, ugly, horrible, painful truths. What they feel is bitter, black, painful, unpleasant, which may well be for nearly all, um, that uh, being avoided equals a certain 
uh, handicap and liability that the person who's you know willfully remaining love over wisdom or non-discerning will live with and have to and will will be a drag you know the, the truth shall set you free so they say well what is that there, there's a certain freedom from confusion when we find truth uh, the truth of anything um, particularly what's important you know important truths should be known uh, so knowing important truths or important matters truly uh, frees us from confusion. It frees us from the distress of confusion. It frees us from making bad mistakes or mistakes based on misunderstanding from confusion, from not knowing truth. Uh, and there's a certain capacity for even greater acceptance and love after one discerns important truth. And so the point is not to stay stuck in you know, clearly knowing evil and negativity. The point is to redouble, you know, back and forth the two wings of the bird, love, wisdom, green, blue, green, blue, blue, green, uh, by green, love, heartful, honest, you know, uh, the desire for honesty, we make the effort to discern and know. By that, what we find by our discernment, we need to then accept and recognize whether we can or can't change it. And consider why is this the case, which is what, you know, the value of mm, teleological eschatology or an esch- you know, bringing the approach of teleology, which is ends or purpose, final purpose and goal of <laughs> this third density cycle. What's the purpose of third density, right? To learn the ways of love. What is love? Green ray. What is green ray? Well, unconditional acceptance and harmlessness and non-control and honesty. And yet, honesty is only as good as one's commitment to discernment. And so, if indeed, or from this view, we can be said to be in the fifth seal phase, which is uh, the importance or primacy of fifth chakra. And so then I looked online and want to bring in a couple of uh, pages. One is Wikipedia, you know, very simple, uh, on the seven seals. And the other one is uh, the center point here, Revelation 6, 9, 10, 11. Uh, John of Patmos, who uh, was featured in my yearbook page. In fact, at 18, age 18, 40 years ago, I already had a sense that John of Patmos uh, was an important fellow for this incarnation for me for uh, it is now this time, the time of the book of Revelations, the time that, the time of tribulation, great tribulation that John of Patmos Island knew, I knew, was relevant to me, and this time of this incarnation, even when I was 18. Uh, but uh, he was given uh, equal footing with Mr. Pickle. Mr. Pickle was also recognized on my yearbook page. So... <clears throat> I, I didn't lose a sense of humor or um, <laughs> sarcasm. The light touch is important while we're going through this mess here. So from Wikipedia, Seven Seals, I'll read the first couple of paragraphs. And um, it's very interesting stuff. And the, bear, the question is, you know, to what extent is this view of eschatology, Christian, John of Patmos, Book of Revelation, Book of... Revelation is the book of the apocalypse, of course, the book of the revealing, the book of the 
the revealing of, of the end times and the revealing that the end times uh, offers us, the his revelation of the end times in symbolic formation, in symbolic you know language, and the nature of the end times being of revelation, revealing. And that's all fifth ray too, all of fifth ray, revealing that which is hidden, that which needs a commitment to discernment to see. And that's critical. So from Wikipedia, the seven seals of God from the Bible's book of Revelation are the seven symbolic seals. The Greek is sfragita, sfragita, that secure the book or scroll that John of Patmos saw in his apocalyptic vision. So they're seals that secure the book or the scroll. Uh, There were seven, you know, like wax imprint seals on the book. The opening of the seals of the document, the book of Revelation, which is really the book of the saved, in a sense, or the uh, determination of where the good seed and the bad seed go uh, here at the harvest time. The opening of the seals of the document occurs in Revelation chapter 5 through 8, and the fifth seal is of chapter 6, and marks the second coming of Christ and the beginning of the apocalypse, Revelation. Uh, so it's not just the beginning, but it's the stages of the Great Tribulation that lead to Revelation or final, you know, what I would call dimensional shift, according to Ra. Going on, upon the, quote, Lamb of God or Lion of Judah opening a seal on the cover, upon the Lamb of God or Lion of Judah opening a seal on the cover of the book or scroll, judgment is released or an apocalyptic event occurs. And this page goes through all of the seven. Uh, The opening of the first four seals releases the four horsemen, each with his own specific mission. The opening of the fifth seal releases the cries of the martyrs for the Logos, the Word, or the wrath of God. The sixth seal prompts plagues, storms, and other cataclysmic events. The seventh seal cues seven angelic trumpeters, seven rays, who in turn cue, (laughs) cue, like, you know, signal to, the seven bold judgments and more cataclysmic events. So, um, have we not yet entered... The um, cataclysmic events, well, depends on how you define them. For some people, the last few years have been quite cataclysmic. For some people, not. Uh, For some, or from some perspective, we can say the last 30 years or 50 years or 100 years have been cataclysmic. And there is a view from some that um, the time of revelation is the last 2,000 years. Once Yeshua departed, that began the time of uh, tribulation. So one can see that tribulation is seven years, or reign of Satan is five months, or the last 2002 millennia has been of the tribulation. There's some, you know, validity to all those perspectives. So there's the first seal opening, and then the opening of each successive seal to the seventh. The seventh looks like dimensional shift to me, <clears throat> the sixth, um, in the view that Joel and I talked about, was what begins the five-month reign of Satan. Uh, is that uh, the case? Uh, I don't know. But, <clears throat> uh, meaning, uh, have we started that? The view would be no, 
because there would be some kind of, in this eschatology that he shared with me, Satan as the false Christ in the five-month reign works first behind the scenes and then appears as Messiah, the false Messiah, the Antichrist. This is Dajjal, I guess, in the uh, Islamic eschatology. And uh, heals the deadly wound, uh, but basically uh, first is behind the scenes and then appears and says, I'm, you know, the savior, falsely. And um, that's not happened yet. So it's pretty reasonable to assume the sixth seal hasn't yet opened. Uh, again, just, you know, you could take it or leave it. This is a view. But are we in the first four? Have the four horsemen come and gone? Well, they seem to be around. Um, aspects of it. Aspects of what that's all about. But I'm not going to focus on that today. Again, I want to focus on the fifth. And the write-up, that, as I said, the opening of the fifth seal releases the cries of the martyrs, <laughs> the wanderers, the spiritually oriented, the, um, the praus, the meek, so-called, that shall inherit the earth. Yeah, well, there are a lot of goodly people crying out for relief. So, fifth seal opening, releasing the cries of martyrs uh, for the word or wrath of God. Now, that's a very interesting thing. Uh, word and wrath are uh, put together here as a, as a uh, slash, word slash wrath. They're kind of different, right? The, the word of God is judgment or is basically punishing the wicked. And the wrath, you know, so wrath of God is the punishment of the of the wicked, which I think many people are calling for. Um, when will the logos put his foot down or stop this? Uh, the word of God being wrathful in this case, putting an end to evil. Uh, we that has obviously happened, but it certainly looks to me like a lot of goodly people are calling for relief and rescue. And, you know, more than ever before, you, I hear good people saying, uh, well, at least I won't live so long I'm in my 50s or 60s or 70s. Um, uh, as a sign of the intensity of the pressuring eclipses of the tribulation, of the catalyst, of the, um, the current conditions, which are quite heinous, I think, and uh, very pressured, unpleasant. So it looks like the fifth seal to me as well. Uh, final paragraph on this intro is, Only the returned Christ can open the seven seals which reveal great secrets hidden since foundation of the earth. And so, so only the logos can cue the trumpets of dimensional shift. No man shall know the time, indeed. So in the next paragraph, Christian Interpretations, it says... Certain words and phrases used in the Revelation, or Apocalypse, the book of the Apocalypse, had a clearer meaning to ancient readers familiar with objects of their time. For example, important documents were sent, written on a papyrus scroll, sealed with several wax seals. Wax seals were typically placed across the opening of a scroll so that only the proper person in the presence of witnesses could open the document. So the stages of a end times progression a go in accord with logoic timing predominantly they're event driven not necessarily temporally driven the witnesses are the angels and us here witnessing 
at the right time or in the proper sequence or when conditions seem, you know, from the God's view appropriate. Quote, it goes on, this type of seal is frequently used in a figurative sense in the book of Revelation and only the lamb is worthy to break these seals. Uh, the angels, the archangels, only the helpers of the Logos uh, without sin, of course, uh, and the Council of Saturn, um, officiate and administer the stages of the final uh, years of third density cycle. And then there's a paragraph on the modes of interpretation, saying, from the Reformation to the middle of the 19th century, the seals in this book of Revelation have been interpreted through various methods, and here's the listing, such as the historicist view that most Protestants adopted, and the views of preterism and futurism that post-Reformation Catholic circles promoted, idealism was also a fairly major view that became realized since the time of Augustine, Bishop of Hippo, 345 AD. So you've got historicist, preterist, futurist, and idealist. Uh, the two that are more interesting, I think, and relevant are the futurist and idealist uh, with appropriate tweaks, I'd say. Uh, the write-up of the futurist view uh, is <laughs> said that moderate futurists or you could be a moderate futurist. Moderate futurists typically interpret the opening of the seals as representing forces in history, however long they last, by which God carries out his redemptive and judicial purposes leading up to, quote, the end. Right, okay, this is the end of the world as we know it, or the end of third density, the end of the cycle, the end of the season uh, in which... Uh, the Logoic field uh, has been growing the 3D native souls, who some of whom are good seed, some of whom are bad seed, or some who are positively oriented and some who are negatively oriented at base of beingness. And that's a very important point that that's uh, critical. As I said many times, it's not possible, I think, to understand the socio-cultural dynamics of the present day humanity without understanding uh, the history of the solar system uh, and the history of the sector of the galaxy and the purposes of the Logos for seven-dimensional evolution, soul evolution, and cosmic plan. Not that I know the full skinny on it, obviously, but uh, the Ramachal gives us a view and some other sources give us a view of... Um, uh, logoic teleology, uh, the purpose of um, this multidimensional scheme, and particularly this sector of the galaxy and this solar system. Ra gives us solar system history, just simply, you know, Maldek, Mars, and then the last 75,000 years, particularly the Lemuria going to Atlantis, going to the modern age, and the role of the Confederation. Uh, helping humanity evolve with non-infringement and some moderate quarantine. Uh, but the short of that is that um, it seems to me, again, I've said this many times, this sector of the galaxy has been designated as a place for which um, 
hardcore service to self individuals and groups incarnate in third density and fourth density negative Orion Federation local to this sector of the galaxy and I think long ago you had the Council of Saturn and then you had Venus in the solar system and Council of Saturn administers uh, and Venus was uh, wholly positive then down the line you had all these changes and then Maldek all negative and Maldek Mars nearly all negative and then they come to Earth and you know again uh, it may well be that uh, 30 percent 10 20 30 percent of the human population is negative at base of beingness they're rightly on the negative path so-called bad seeds that's their nature and that really means that it's hopeless <laughs> that's why i talked about last time collective irredeemability in a collective if there's a moderate proportion of service to self negatively oriented souls metaphysically then um you know, peace on earth, paradise is not possible with that mix of souls. So these are things that should be considered. Uh, and from the futurist view, which I think seems reasonable, the Logos is involved in redemption uh, of souls, which really is support for soul evolution. Judicial meaning operation of the law of karma. Of course, and so cause and effect over multiple lifetimes. Um, this is a scourging on the planet, on the planet, the tribulation, or what, wherever we are. Um, whether we're, you know, before the four horsemen, or in the four horsemen, or I'll finish the four horsemen. There's another view that all seven stages, um, like all seven chakras, are involved in every stage, and so. Uh, fifth stage uh, it predominates uh, the fifth seal or the qualities of the fifth seal but uh, qualities of all the other seals or all the other stages or all the other phenomena of the tribulation are present here too that that's I think a more sophisticated view so yeah um, there is uh, redemption as service logoic service to souls Seeking harvest, seeking evolution, that logoic action is what guides um, this, you know, process or the, the human um, collective. Then there's the law of karma. And this is all karmically, um, karmically just, so it seems. I mean, it looks pretty awful, some of it, but um, it's nothing but the operation of karma. Then you have the idealist view, and it says the idealist view doesn't take the book of Revelations literally, and I think some deliteralization, literal approach is useful, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily uh, fanciful or psychological only. Then they go on, it says the interpretation of Revelation, book of Revelation symbolism and imagery is defined by the struggles between good and evil. <laughs> That's literal. So we can take that literally, yeah. And and the epoch, the Armageddon, you know, is uh, outer and inner. Um, like the jihad is really inner, meaning the struggle against one's dark nature, is an Islamic view, or um, you know, against sin. Uh, but you know, all the Abrahamic religions um, have a very radical, and I, I might talk about this next time or another time. A, a very um, 
dogmatic, rigid view of good and evil or polarity. And it's shown in the phrase fear of God. It seems that all traditions, uh, at least, yeah, I mean, all, all Judaic and Christian and Catholic and Islamic traditions of the desert um, have this view that the fear of God is critical. But then, you know, the best of them say not to fear God like an enemy. Oh, so why are you using the word fear? It's a matter of awe, respect, reverence. Okay, well, why don't you just say have awe of God? But no, they all use the word fear. Why? Well, I mean, it's, right, it's righteous to realize the law of karma and um, good seed makes good fruit and bad seed makes bad fruit and the wages of sin is um, karmic punishment or, car, you know, misfortune and harm coming back to one. For sure, of course. And that's done by God, done by the law of karma. Yes, of course. But, but the Western religions seem to have this view that they keep going back to fear of God. And I just don't get it where, you know, the Logos is not to be feared. Well, that's just, the word is fear. It's not awe. I mean, I think awe is right, but fear is mistaken. And so there's some pretty deep distortions in the Western religious mentality. Because they're 3D, it's a 3D repeater, religions, okay? <laughs> they, they're coming from 3D up and they have some real blind spots and some short, real shortcomings in terms of understanding a cosmic plan because they all reject reincarnation. So if you reject reincarnation, there's a real problem, I think, <laughs> because you really can't understand the law of karma or you, their understanding is that you do good here, you go to heaven forever. You do bad here, you go to hell forever. Well, yeah, if that's your cosmology, then uh, of course you better fear because <clears throat> you don't know what was wrong exactly. And if you do wrong and do sin, you go to hell forever. So goes their view. Yeah, with that, <laughs> that type of spiritual view, I would have a lot of fear too. So, but I think they're mistaken and they don't understand multi-incarnational, multi-dimensional existence. Okay. But yeah, the idealist view that doesn't fully take the book of Revelation literally, is right, where indeed this is a time of final Armageddon struggle within the individual, particularly uh, of the ways of the higher and the lower. Basically, the higher triad versus the lower. The way of green, blue, indigo versus lower, tri lower triad blockage. That's all. The, the way of harm versus the way of virtue. Conduct. And so, yeah, and, and <clears throat> we're caught in the lower, even if we're not harming anyone, but we are harming ourselves if we're caught in the lower and, and stay out of balance, like stuck in hopelessness or fear or discouragement, resignation or powerlessness or doom and gloom or panic and dread. When we're stuck there, yeah, in some way you can say um, evil has won or we're stuck in the lower triad. So just bear in mind that this is a Western 3D presentation where there's no view of reincarnation <laughs> and there's no view of multi-incarnational progression through higher dimensional life, as there is actually more or less in Buddhism and Hinduism, but surely in the raw material and other spiritist metaphysical views.
like Chico Javier, <clears throat> and many channeled views, and I think, you know, theosophy, and I think it's implicit to Buddhism and Hinduism that, you know, their life goes on, and soul is semi-eternal, and there's no final, you know, permanent punishment. Um, no need to fear God, but surely to be very sensitive to the law of karma and do no harm to self and other. And yeah, this is totally a time of Armageddon and final reckoning of polarity in the 3D cycle. So then we get to um, the fifth seal per proper. And from the King James Version reading on the Wikipedia, Revelation 6, book, chapter 6, 9 through 11, 911. <laughs> 9, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, their views, their perspectives. Hmm? 10. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge or will you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Meaning these, these martyrs are already dead, slain for the word of God and for their testimony. How long, O Lord, will you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Meaning the wicked. And 11, final verse. And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Uh, their fellow servants and also their brethren means what? Those that are beloved to them, their brethren, their fellow servants, what? Because they had servants. That what? Who should be killed? Well, um, it's some kind of um, pause. It's some kind of uh, statement uh, that the time is not yet right for the completion of the justice process. The, the redemption hasn't yet happened or the harvest hasn't yet happened. The judicial... Um, bundling of the uh, tares and throwing them into the fire has yet to come. The final harvest time hasn't yet occurred. Uh, and this uh, is very, <laughs> all of this is very interesting. Now, just to jump to the interlinear, it's not so different. Um, this is from BibleHub.com. And when he opened the fifth seal... I saw under the altar the souls of those having been slayed because of the the word Logon, which is not God Logos, but the word of God, because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had upheld. And you know, <laughs> the word testimony in Greek is martyrion, the very word martyr in English today seems to be derived from the Greek word or related to the Greek word martyrion, which happens to be the word for testimony. 
those that give testimony are the martyrs. Giving testimony, speaking truth in this world is a martyring activity. <laughs> it's somewhat of a martyr or a self-sacrificer or self-sacrificing or offering something and getting not so much back in return, giving testimony in this world. And we shouldn't underestimate, uh, which we normally would do, as I was talking before, the uh, cumulative, very subtle effect upon us, our psyche, our deep mind, of living in a world where um, distortion is taken as truth, and what much of what we know to be true is taken as insanity or folly and condemned. Um, meaning, uh, much of what I believe, much of what many people, which is in harmony with, you know, uh, an integration of, of half a dozen religions and uh, metaphysical perspectives and spiritual philosophical approaches or teachers, East and West, much of that that I believe, that a lot of you do believe or hold to be true, is uh, heavily condemned by nearly everyone uh, outside your door. This is very difficult. It's hard to live in a world um, with such distortion in mind, where they ultimately reject their own soul. I mean, you know, YOLO, right? You only live once. Well, that means there's no soul, and there's no multidimensional reality or multi-incarnationality. Uh, and cosmic plan is a one-shot deal for them. You live, and then you're annihilated. You're, uh, this is called annihilationism. After one life, uh, consciousness is extinguished. That's the materialist view. That's maybe held by half the people in the world. Certainly the educated, the atheist, the you know nihilist. The atheist is a nihilist. The materialist is a nihilist, saying no, no, no. And then you have the religiously dogmatic, who also will think that this, these views of integrating East-West spiritual philosophy is uh, heretical or folly or insanity or wrong or devilish or something. To live in a world like that, where nearly we can't sync up, harmonize, synchronize mentally, intellectually, philosophically, mind to mind with nearly everyone we can't <laughs> we're we're asynchronous we're dissonant we're uh, dissonant and uh dis and and non-resonant with nearly everyone's mind here deeply i mean the, the conscious mind the, the deep mind is not but the conscious mind uh living in a world like that living in a social complex um that doesn't fit yeah, is very painful whether we know it or not it's an underlying um, you know, chainsaw. <laughs> There's an underlying dissonance, disharmony in the deep mind, I would think, for all wanderers. Wanderers alienation. What's that all about? Well, that's this, the, the lack of belonging. And so by giving testimony, they become martyrs. They are martyrs by giving testimony, by speaking their truth. And the very word <laughs> for testimony uh, goes to the Greek original martyrion. How about that? So when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the... This is John speaking. When he, um, the angel, I think, opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, under a altar, and this would mean um, after death or on, you know, <laughs> in another dimension, the souls of those having been slain because of the word of God and because of their testimony, martyrion, 
which they had upheld. Revelation 6.10 And they were crying in a voice loud, saying, Until when, O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge and avenge the blood of us, our blood, from those dwelling upon the earth? So they're seeking vengeance, <laughs> which is not quite saintly. The true saints uh, don't delight in the punishment of the wicked, said Rick um, Rick Wiles. And I think that's true. I'm not quite there yet, but, uh, you know, forgive them, Father, they know not what they've done. Um, real saints don't delight in punishment of the wicked. But, <laughs> um, you know, there is karmic law. And there are uh, angel angelic classes that carry out the law, carry out karmic retribution or the return of uh, so-called bad karma, which is really the deliverance to, you know, the, the provision of harsh or painful catalyst. So anyway, they were calling to the Logos to avenge their death uh, upon those living on the earth. And at this point here of the fifth seal, uh, the time's not yet right, or the growing season is not over, the harvest is not yet. And so Revelation 6.11, And to them each were given robes white, and it was said to them that they shall rest yet a time, a little time, until would be fulfilled also the fellow servants, their fellow servants, and their brothers, those being about to be killed as also had they, as also had been they. Meaning, wait until your brothers and your servants are killed. Okay, so we'll just take a white robe and wait for our loved ones to be killed and join us too. <laughs> not, a, not a very cheerful uh, presentiment. So, uh, that's the fifth seal. Uh, or that's one uh, condensed version of a reading of the fifth seal in the book of Revelation 6, chapter 6, 9 through 11, like 9-1-1. And that's the time before this um, worst time of uh, Lucifer, Satan's reign on earth, and um, the time of the Antichrist announcement and the Dajjal. So, whether it is or isn't, you can consider for yourself, but what I found interesting um, particularly in about the fifth seal is that they were slain, and I think we're not yet slain, but we might be, uh, but we're certainly in some suffering and distress and dismay uh, because of our beliefs, if you know what I mean. And <clears throat> uh, our testimony holding true to holding fast to what we know is true holding tight holding to what we know is true which could be all sorts of things and you can figure that out yourself because it's not just one but there's multiple points of um, testimony we're not yet slain we might be slain we might end up in uh, FEMA camps or uh, quarantine camps and uh, dead under the needle who can say but um, we certainly have distress and dismay uh, simply even if it's not physical to us uh, by being witness to what we're seeing and so and that that 
is a, a martyrdom of testimony based in our testimony, which may we may, may not even speak to anyone. It's not the the testimony necessarily being given publicly. That may come later. Will you or won't you? Do you believe or not? Uh, not now. Maybe later. Maybe not. But surely, just the knowing, just knowing what we know, or believing we know what we know, or <laughs> believing we know something, what we believe we know, holding in, with integrity to what we believe we know as true. Just that is a certain martyrdom, or it brings a certain um, alienation, a certain standing apart from the collective that is somewhat painful. You know, uh, Kama Loka is Dukkha Loka, if you hadn't noticed. So, third density itself, as uh, one of the planes in the Buddhist cosmology of 31 planes of the portion of the triple loka, triloka called kama, desire, loka, world, realm, is of dukkha. So kama loka is dukkha loka. Dukkha loka is a continual stress or um, dissatisfactoriness of one sort or another. Uh, Here we're talking mentally, intellectually, socially, interpersonally, socially, based on mind and perspective, based on view. Uh, to live in a materialist worldview society with a spiritual worldview um, is a bit painful. And uh, that, the, the stress from uh, our testimony, our holding fast to what we believe to be true, uh, that stress will continue. Then, Revelation 6, 10, they're crying, we may cry, <laughs> with a loud voice or with no voice, how long, O Logos, will it be before you judge um, and dispense justice to all the negativity being done here today? We don't know. I don't know about avenging anyone's blood, but... Um, there is the provision of karmic return for those that are doing harm. There's a lot more harm doing done being done today, which is of wrong speech, lying, deception, wrong action, killing, harming, maiming. There's a lot. And when will it finally be um, justly, um, justly uh, treated at the Lagoa court, at the court of Godhead? I don't know. That's not my call. That's uh, the the logoic and the angelic uh, duty above our level. Then, Revelation 6, 11, but then white robes are given to every one of them. And it said to them, take a rest. (laughs) Rest a little season. Right? Here at the end of the season, there's the mini season. Take a rest. So to whatever degree we can rest uh, in a white robe, the white robe is a robe of righteousness. Here, it could be understood as um, take good care of yourself. And some people will have more protection. Some of us, or all of us, have our own levels of degrees of protection. The key to protection is uh, love or merit, which means good karma, which means standing daily in right speech, right action, conduct. 
good conduct, right action, right speech. Uh, that is the basis of merit. That's Green Ray. That's love as the greatest protector. The more merit, the less need for any trouble. Uh, nevertheless, you don't know what you have signed up for. And, you know, <laughs> it's, the, it's the blink of an eye for the higher self as well. So we don't know what we signed up for. We don't know what will come our way. We don't know how intensely we, we wish to test ourselves. <laughs> I don't know. So I, how, how heavily do I wish to test my... Have I determined I'd like to be tested in this incarnation? I don't know. Okay. So we don't know. But for sure, aside from the uh, uh, bold and... Uh, <laughs> bold... Uh, Zoroastrian, you know, kind of uh, Zarathustra. Well, no, it's not Zarathustra. It's uh, uh, Zorba the Buddha, as Osho would say in a silly way. How uh, much we would like to test ourselves with painful, intensive, harsh catalyst. Aside from that possible future, uh, merit, good karmic, good karma based merit is the greatest protection. And the white robe is also the faith and trust we may have, right? Last time or the previous talk, collective crucifixion and the Satguru, which is not Sadguru, him. It is the true guru within, higher self. Uh, and so the white robe, like seventh chakra, white light, is the innate protection of faith and trust, faith, you know, faith is what? What is faith? It's sort of faith in things unseen or unknown. But uh, faith can be based in knowing. And the more we have contact with higher self or the more we know soul, um, the more we, our faith is based in knowing, not just hope or not hope. Certainly we need not have to hope when there's true knowing. And faith is sort of what, with the glue that, that brings us, that, that joins hope and knowing. Some things we hope, but we don't yet know. We may have some faith that what I hope can be known or really is true. But whatever is really true can be known. And the more knowing, the less need for hope, and in fact, the less need for faith. So the more knowing, the less we need faith and hope. Um, but we're not fully in knowing. That too is a white robe, the white robe of um, knowing this too shall pass, knowing where we're from and where we're going, knowing what we are. Uh, what we are is more than this body, mind, incarnation, and present physical experience, obviously. Knowing that as much as we can and more and more we can confers a white robe <clears throat> and also, there is some this days being shortened for the sake of the elect. I mean, it's very tangible to me how quickly time is passing. Uh, sometimes I feel it's even too fast now, which is like, hey, I got some nice thing going on here. I'd rather not uh, the time, uh, the clock spinning, but okay. Uh, that will continue too, where uh, phenomena, the, the, the apparent sequence of phenomena, right? Time is a dream too, of course, but the dream of temporal progression or time that seems to pass or 
phenomena and experience that seems to be successional, going from one to the next, will uh, keep um, accelerating. And there's some peace or some rest of that, that can be found in that too. So rest yet for a little season until... Now this is again like teaching those that are dead, uh, counseling the the deceased saints or martyrs. We're not deceased, <laughs> but, you know, uh, there's a part of us that's not in this world anyway at all. <laughs> and the more we know that, you know, the question of what I is, not simply who I am. There's who I am in this world with the conscious subconscious mind. Then there's what I is. And the more one knows what I is, uh, the less one will be attached to who I am in the personal, but also the more we'll have um, knowing-based trust. You know, there's hope and there's faith and there's trust and there's knowing. Hope is muchly without knowing. Faith has a bit of knowing and a bit of hope. Trust like faith, is a trusting in that which I have faith in. I trust my faith. I trust that in which I have faith. Uh, there's a portion of knowing to that. But beyond those three, there's really knowing. And the more we can know what I is, the non-dual self, or, you know, self or as um, boundless awareness. Um, we're not the body, we're not the mind. We're not the spirit complex, we're not even the seven energy fields of the seven seals or seven chakras. Um, we're the one that uses this vehicle in the octave. You know, I am that I am. Uh, true nature beyond identity. Of course, right? Going beyond six density, dropping identity. So some little sense of true nature beyond mentally constructed identity. Uh, some greater sense of that is itself a white garment and a basis for rest. And it means the time is not right for justice or the end. Uh, the end is not yet. And that's the fifth seal versus the seventh. So it's close. Whether we're at the time of the fifth seal or not, I don't know. Could be. One view might hold that. Uh, but the time is not yet. And, you know, I have certain issues with the logos, <laughs> like you may. And um, a full report will be given upon departure. And um, I, I'm sure some adjustments will be made. You know, it's a funny... It's a funny game the Lord, the Lord plays, the Logos plays here, because again, uh, free will is given, but it's extremely limited free will. <laughs> it's highly managed free will. Meanwhile, the parameters of the veil keep getting tweaked. So, again, as I said before, the original desire, as Ross said, is that entities seek and become one by their free will, now in accord with the veiling in 3D mind and polarity. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, the Logoi keep tweaking the parameters of the veil 
um, based on the different results of uh, seeks, souls seeking and becoming one, more or less efficiently. It doesn't look very efficient here. Uh, here we have a soup or a swamp of 3D repeaters, chronic, and they may be um, 3D enders. There may be a, an ending to some souls here. I don't know. A reabsorption into the Atmanic field. But um, it looks like the parameters of free will or the veil need to be tweaked here again. Or not. I don't know. But internal affairs will raise uh, our concerns with the appropriate agencies upstairs. And um, we'll see. Uh, I think there's a real problem <laughs> here because you're going to have a lot of souls that may not be capable of, of getting out of third density ever. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an alarmist. I don't know. But there is surely that potential. And that's kind of a failure, maybe, of the Logos or uh, a... Uh, uh, condition comes out of a condition of the veiling in mind that does not lead, does not support souls seeking and becoming one and harvesting at a third. So, in any case, um, that's some of the higher level of um, what's involved, I believe, uh, cosmological or... Um, structural, you know, the metaphysics of what we're facing here. But um, discernment is critical. Whether or not we're at the fifth seal time in the Great Tribulation, the fifth chakra is critical. And, uh, you know, for want of knowledge, my people perish, said someone in the Bible. Uh, and that that's the big dividing line here. Um, we're not going to stop the tribulation, we're not going to be able to save the collective. They're going to go through their scourging and their crucifixion and their genocide, and we're here too for it. And we will continue feeling dismay and distress, more or less. Some protection is available, for sure. Uh, more knowing um, leads to more trust. We should surely, we surely not only trust that in which we have faith, but we also will trust what we know. And so the more we know, the more we will trust what we know. And this too shall pass. Uh, but the key to all of that is discernment, not love. Love is essential, must be. But that's an open heart. I mean, the, in, in some sense, <laughs> one of the greatest benefits of Green Ray, love, is that it leads to discernment. <laughs> is that it welcomes discernment. And so those that don't discern lack love too. Or those that are not committed to seeing what's important, the truth of what's important. I mean, it's not seeing and discerning everything that's possible. There's too much available. But there are certain truths that are critical to our well-being and our life here and answering questions and being clear. Uh by love or green ray, one opens to the real importance of using discernment and knowing those truths that indeed are critical to our well-being and decision-making and understanding of what's happening here.
and what we need. So the love, the love of a wisdom lack love and doesn't mean we should be imbalanced in any way, but uh, those that proceed by love that excludes discernment uh, are deficient in love. <laughs> they don't know. They're deficient in the love of truth and the love of knowing and the love of clarity and honesty because there's a certain self-deception involved when one keeps one's eyes and ears and mouth closed or covered, at least covered, the monkeys. The monkeys are self-deceiving and um, it's not a good idea. That's not loving either. So whether or not we're at the time of the fifth seal, surely discernment is critical. And we can't really return to balance after, you know, from the the buffeting of harsh catalyst or challenge without discernment. <laughs> we don't even know we're out of balance without discernment. I mean, the love of a wisdom are self-deceiving in commonly that they think they're well when they're not. They, they smile when they shouldn't be. They smile when they're inwardly, you know, upset, unhappy, sad. They cover, you know, it's a kind of spiritual bypassing. They cover their grief with, uh, you know, a smile. Um, that's not a good idea. And um, uh, one needs a strong gut <laughs> to accept uh, bitter medicine, the, the bitter medicine of certain truths. So in any case, that's it for today. And um, I think it's all very interesting. And we thank John of Patmos again. I do. And um, it shall be as it shall be. Um, but a white robe is available. So find your white robe and wear it. And that's an inner process of mind-spirit rectification. So thanks for listening. Please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.